0: Real estate really comes down to it's a relational business. You want to work with who you like, and real estate comes down to a personal relationship with your realtor. I think the technology is what's changing more so than brokerages nowadays. My mom was with Ruth Realty, a small firm, and we used to beat the big boys all day long. And I didn't think it had anything to do with that. They wanted to work with me. So it was more so the person. And 30 years ago, that was true. Today, I think it's even more true.
1: Welcome to Diggs Influencer Podcast, the titans of real estate, the show that provides direct access to the real estate industry's top movers and shakers as they share invaluable insight on how to best navigate and succeed in any market. I'm your host, Warren Dow, founder and CEO of M3 Media and publisher of Diggs Magazine. In this episode, Ruth Rain, Bill Ruth, Charlie Rain, and Carissa Wright. Thank you to our show sponsor, Bo Concept. Today, we welcome to the Diggs Influencer Podcast, a powerhouse team of agents, Bill Ruth, Charlie Rain, and Carissa Wright, better known in the South Bay as Ruth Rain. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Why don't we start with having you guys introduce yourself to our listeners so uh, they have a sense of everyone's voice.
0: Hello, this is Bill Ruth.
2: And this is Carissa Wright. And this is Charlie Rain.
1: All right. So we, before we talk real estate, let's, let's get a brief backstory. And let me go back and say brief backstory on everyone. We'll start with Charlie. Uh, where did you grow up, go to school?
3: The family moved to Palos Verdes when I was five. Uh, so I went to Palos Verdes schools from kindergarten through high school and then ended up at Long Beach State and Michigan State for college.
0: Bill. I born and raised in Palos Verdes, K-12 in Palos Verdes and then went to USC and married a Bruin and we moved back to PV, and so never really left. <laughs> nice. Carissa?
2: I actually grew up in Texas outside of Austin and then I moved to the Inland Empire when I was 12 and I've been kind of everywhere in Orange County, San Diego. Um, Los Angeles. And then I moved to the South Bay about eight years ago.
1: Awesome. So what were some of the favorite things you guys did as like, you know, as young kids or young adults? What were some of the stuff you were into?
0: Uh, Palos Fries is a great place to grow up because there was so much open space and so much fun to do. And back in the days the one rule for kids was to be home before dark. And that was about the only rule. There were no cell phones or nothing else. So you could go surfing, horseback riding, bike riding and everything all in the same day. And your parents didn't really care as long as you were home before dark. And so it was really, really a great place to grow up. And a lot of friendships are still today that uh, people I grew up with.
1: How times have changed. I remember Bill, <laughs> I used to be outdoors all the time, and my mom would ring a bell, like literally, come home yeah. time to you know dinner yeah. time, you know, and you just, you'd be out all day. Yeah, um, and
0: if you weren't home by dark, you'd get whipped. Yeah, what, what, you'd be
1: you'd be in the dog house for sure. What just about, kidding, mom. <laughs> what about you, Krista?
2: I mean, I grew up in Texas, so it was same thing—just open outdoors, riding bicycles, just getting dirty. It, I loved the outdoors. Um, I played a lot of sports. Got really busy with that.
1: Are you a Cowboys fan?
2: I don't really follow professional okay. football. <laughs> sorry. All right. That's basketball. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I am a Longhorns fan. All right. But I married a Trojan.
0: Nice. Yeah.
3: Well, unlike Carissa, but like you. Uh, we didn't have to shoot our dinner, but when dinner was ready <laughs> in our neighborhood, everybody had bells, just like you did. And uh, you knew the sound of the bell, and that meant your dinner was ready and all the boys head home. But uh,
1: That's great. Yeah. Wow, we're old. We're, we're dating ourselves, aren't <laughs> That's we? That's right. <laughs> so what about, I'm always curious, what was
0: your first job, your very first job? My first job was detailing cars. And we thought we were so good at it that we planned a trip to Hawaii in the summer, me and my buddy that opened this business called Catalina Car Care. And uh, <laughs> we didn't pay for our Hawaii trip. We had to borrow money from our parents. <laughs> we never made any money, but we detailed a lot of cars and had a lot of fun. <laughs> That's cool. Yep.
2: I worked at an ice cream store, so I mm. scooped ice cream and made little bags of candy for people. It was a really cool little place where there were a lot of other High schoolers working. So it was a great experience and we had a lot of fun.
3: And I worked at a Texaco gas station at the Peninsula Center in Rolling Hills Estates. I think I was 15 and a half or so and then I finally got my license and started trimming trees for the next six or
1: so years. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of ice cream, I worked at Hagenaz for a while <laughs> in high school in Westlake Village where I grew up and I had the random opportunity to serve Mickey Rooney. Oh, ice cream he used to come because he lived in, in the area and so what it, I was just always blown away you know he was larger than life and yeah some crazy personality it was fun that
2: was, we had a Ben Harper's family I don't know if you guys know Ben Harper but of his course. family owns the music shop next door to the ice cream store so ah. him and his family used to come in as kids and um, his wife at the time so that was That's cool. Really cool to see them, too. He
1: talks about that in his career a lot, too. Yeah. Like, that was, a, you know, the Yeah, thing.
2: it's in the Claremont Village. There's all the colleges right there. It's a really cool downtown area. Um, a lot of students, a lot of local families. But yeah, it's had a really cool vibe.
1: Very cool. So did you guys have any early career aspirations? Did you want to be the... The king of the car wash, Bill, like like, like own eight hundred no, car washes no. across strictly the. No, strictly
0: being an entrepreneur and trying to make money. I always thought I wanted to be a doctor, until I saw a car accident once and I fainted. And I ended up in the hospital, so, so you're like not, not real good with seeing blood. And out of the three children I have, I fainted on two of them and ended up in the hospital with one of them because I hit my head when I fell down. So I knew that career wasn't going to go the right way, and I kind of got into real estate because it was a family business. My dad was in commercial real estate, my mom was in residential real estate, and I graduated from USC with a real estate finance degree and started working in commercial on the west side. And then when we moved back down to Palos Verdes, I kind of looked at my mom and said, hey, you know, how do you guys make money in this business? Can you make money in this business? What do you do? And that's how I ended up by chance in residential real estate. The commute. Couldn't couldn't handle the commute to West LA. Good anymore. old commute. Yep. <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> I actually was the same. I I grew up wanting to be a doctor and I was pre med in college. I did a hands-on internship in the hospital for two years and I was uh, scrubbed in for surgery to, to watch one day and the surgeon or it was anesthesiologist, he asked me if I wanted to be married and have kids and I said yeah and he said, Don't become a doctor, it's not the right lifestyle for It really weighed on me. I thought about it seriously for a couple of years, and I decided I wanted to have a different opportunity to spend more time at home with the kids I planned to have one day.
1: Cool. Good.
3: Well, I'm proud to say that I stayed fully conscious for our daughter's wedding, and I'm embarrassed (laughs) to say that I did pass out in the Lamaze class. So so I had some growth as far as the... uh, <laughs> See things that make some people pass out, and I about 20 years ago I started uh, moonlighting lifeguarding for L.A. County, so I, I still do that 10 days a year, more for fun
1: than anything else. I want to hear more about that later. We'll get we'll circle back on, on some <laughs> of this stuff. Let's talk about getting started in real estate. Bill, we heard your story. Carissa, how about you how did you, how did you wind up here?
2: worked in bank management for a number of years and uh, did nonprofit management after that and then when my daughter was born same thing I was commuting up to Brentwood and I didn't like the commute once I had a newborn and so my husband and I stayed up one night and we did this thing where I just made a list of everything that I liked and real estate had always intrigued me. I remember growing up Going to Blockbuster on Friday nights with my mom and I would leave with every single house magazine that was there when you walk out the door. That was really what I was going there for. I didn't care <laughs> about the movies. I was like rushing to the exit to get all the, the house magazines that had all the first sales listed.
0: Diggs. Uh, <clears throat> sad, that was pre digs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> blockbuster threw it off. And <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it aged me.
2: Um, and I would go home and I would sit and I would scour. I would just go through all the houses, and I, I loved it. And so when my husband and I made this list, real estate was definitely something that we talked a lot about. And so I decided to pursue my license. And he's in construction, and we thought it would be a nice little marriage work wise with him being a general contractor and me getting into real estate and um, i found i really loved it it kind of blended all the operations and management experience i had and allowed me to get into other homes tour them learn about them learn the market
3: charlie similar to uh bill my mom was in residential real estate since i was probably in elementary school so going back to the very early days and my dad was in commercial real estate. I had wanted for many, many years, since I was probably early junior high school, of wanting to go in the real estate business, and I was very focused on doing that. Ended up at Michigan State, which has a, uh, one of the top programs in the country for HRI, which is Hotel, Restaurant, Institutional Management, and started working with a company called The Elephant Bar, went there, uh, traveled around the country a little bit with them, and didn't like staying up till 3 in the morning. That was really the thing that sort of got me out of it. And sort of fell back, came here, back to Palos Verdes when my dad passed away and got my real estate license, and that was about 30 years ago. And ended up, uh, I did residential from the beginning and stayed basically in South Bay the whole time.
0: That was 33 years ago, Charlie. (laughs) counting ago okay thirty five so wow back, yeah. <laughs>
1: there you go, so what bill and Charlie, what prompted you guys to join forces like when did you make that decision? Why did you make that decision? you know In
0: what the, i'm going to parlay this over to Charlie because it w- it was his decision, not mine, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy I did it, but uh he kind of started the impetus to get together on on a specific listing
3: you so. started with uh, really spectacular piece of property in Rolling Hills. And I had sold a client this land and he put a house on it and he was with a big apparel company and had planned on retiring back to this house. He was living out of state. Planned on retiring back to the house. He left a message on my office voicemail which very specifically states, don't leave a message here. Call my (laughs) cell phone. And I happened to pick up that message a few days later and listened to it, and he said, I'm going to be out of my office for lunch until 1.15, I'm available between, you know, one fifteen and 2.42, give me a call, and, you know, I want to talk to you about listing my house, because I'm not coming back to California. And so I picked this up on Sunday night, which is about three days later, and called Bill. He said, well, it's too bad you didn't call me earlier. Uh, I've got three people lined up, and if you want to come in, I'll see you Tuesday morning at 7.30. Okay. I'll be there. And then I called Bill and I asked him if he was one of the three people that was going to to uh, make a proposal on this listing. He said, no, I don't know anything about it. I said, great, let's team up. So <laughs> we teamed up and we were against, uh, at the time, who was sort of the, the top teams and individuals in Palos Verdes for houses. And we ended up getting the listing and we sold it uh, within about a week. And it was the highest price until about two years ago. So it lasted a good 10 or 12 years as the highest sales price in Palos Verdes. Uh, actually, in South Bay for, for quite a while. And then we had another one not too long after that that we teamed up to get, and we just decided it worked out very well. We get along great. We went to high school together. We enjoy each other's sense of humor, and, and in my case, Bill's lack of.
0: <laughs> I thought you could say we played water polo together, you know, we were athletes, all that good kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, no? yeah. <laughs> we, we were athletes, and I'm speaking more myself. You know, I was a tennis player, I'm not sure if that's it was before. So, circle back around to, your, to try to answer your question. We still don't know how it works. We, we don't have anything written down. It's a handshake deal. And I think the, the most unique thing between Charlie and I is just the integrity between the two of us, that we would never lose a client or a deal or each other's friendship over a real estate deal. And it's too important, too significant. And our reputation is at stake. So that's really what was the driving force behind us. And I think we're, we're probably into this seven or eight years now. In okay, 10. <laughs> but but it's it's really worked well just because I think the, the respect and the trust and just the dedication to the real estate industry that we both have. And it, it works as a partnership because of our backgrounds and our similar interests going forward for our clients.
1: Well, it's also unique. And you guys were kind of groundbreaking in the sense that you have different brokerages, brokerages which is not very unusual very three three different well now brokerages. and yeah, i'm going to get to chris now <laughs> joining <laughs> here but now but it started as two different which is sort of you know not not the norm by any stretch right
0: right
3: well uh, not, i don't want to rain on chris's parade, but i'll tell you how bill and i came to really decide we wanted her to join us chris and her husband ian who's a really really good local builder had looked at a piece of property that we have in rolling hills for sale and they came up they looked at it they really liked it i think back at that time they made an offer on the property and didn't quite work out and about six months later her husband Ian followed up and wanted to meet with us and the seller and he had done all this due diligence on the property had done much more than any of us had as far as designing a potential house on the property and wanted to know how he could make it work and we just felt Bill and I with the professionalism that Carissa had had and the character that, that Ian showed and that they showed throughout the process coming up and meeting with us and you could just tell they were great, great people. She's very sharp and Bill and I talked and said, you know, they're really good and we're, we're sort of missing something with our team and Carissa in, in our minds Bill's that boy, and Bill and I talked, and we said, absolutely. We, we totally agreed, and we approached her and asked her to, to join
0: us. Oh, I thought the missing thing was our hairline. No? <laughs> that that? That's curable. Oh, okay. But not having Carissa is not <laughs> blonde, blonde hair, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry.
1: <laughs> that's great. So that's really, you guys think it's an advantage when you go
0: to market? Now there's like, you know, you get three for the price of one. Absolutely. I mean, it's really unprecedented in the industry that we have three different brokerages. And and I, to be honest with you, I don't think our brokerages are thrilled about it that we're that we're doing this independently. I mean, they would like to see all of us in the same team in the in one brokerage, and that's not going to happen. Specifically, because it is the best for our client. When you have three of the top companies and three top realtors out there supporting you, it it cannot be beat in uh, in any industry. So, it's very unique.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, that's great. So, I want to go back a little bit on what was your first sale. I'm always curious. Like, was it? It was before you guys hooked up, right?
0: Our first sale. Oh, You're yeah. You're very like individually. Um, to be clear, we
1: never hooked up.
0: Okay. <laughs> let me Thank get. You. Let me use a proper. Yeah. You. Uh, uh, you know, let me let me back that up. The, um, the proper term of partners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be yeah, we We want to clarify, right?
1: Um, not talking about hookup. We're talking about when you guys you know join forces before that
0: our very first sale yeah what was your
1: first no no before you guys oh um, oh, my first
0: sale when we moved back to palos verdes and i talked to my mom about getting into real estate i said you know how do you make money in this and i went six months without an income and thought it was the stupidest decision i'd ever made and my first sale happened to be on via navajo in palos verdes estates and it was a million four and back in the day that was a huge amount of money, almost as much money as I made the previous year on one sale. And that's when, you know, I kind of got in the right, okay, you can figure this thing out and realize that if you work hard, that it can be a pretty lucrative career. And I think it was another like six months beyond that until I made my second sale. So it wasn't easy getting into the business. But now I think, you know, as as you think, most of our business is, is referral or repeat business. And, Uh, We've been blessed that we've got some great clients that keep referring us, so it it keeps the wheel greased. That's great. Krista. how about you?
2: My first sale, I actually signed my first listing agreement um, the day after I got my license, and it was a friend's investment property in, in Playa Del Rey, and got it sold really quickly, and then didn't sell anything for year, year and a half, maybe <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a long dry spell after yeah. that. And then finally, same thing, all the, the, the work I had put in that year. Cause I had a lot of free time that year after that first sale, then all of a sudden I started to have more transactions.
1: Cool.
3: I got my license a few years before bill and. I don't recall what the first house was that I sold, but I knew my goal was to try and somehow get into the Million Dollar Club, which was had nothing to do with the amount of commissions you made. It happened to do with the total volume of sales you mm-hmm. made. I thought, well, I'd be so neat someday. <laughs> so it probably took me a couple of years to get that because my intent, my mom sold real estate house parties, as did Bill's mom at the time and i thought well i'm going to start in san pedro then i could just sell a whole bunch of houses you know i'll do volume and number of houses and i'll be all experienced i can go to Verdes. so i i worked out of the san pedro office for a couple years and then moved to uh, an office in all Hills Estates.
1: that's awesome i love and i love to learn about first sales because Mm -hmm. i have such great respect for what you guys do it's a very hard difficult profession you're basically out of business you know like routinely you mm-hmm. don't have listings or don't have buyers you go six months without anything so as an entrepreneur myself i have great respect because that's not easy to navigate and you got it's it's you know and everyone on the outside looking in sees the big commission checks and say oh it's so easy you know yep, go list enough. that 10 million dollar house get paid a bunch of money and just go get the next one well well welcome come on and try it like let's every get morning license. you
0: wake up unemployed in this business yeah. you got to make it work yeah
1: I sold insurance right out of college. Like yeah. life insurance as yeah. a twenty two year old, twenty one year old. Talk about you yeah. know <laughs> like, sink or swim. And and I I love challenges, so I'm like, you know what? They they told me when I started ninety like nine percent or ninety nine people is gonna are gonna fail out of hundred. And I'm like, All right, I wanna be the one. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do I have to do? Give me the phone book, start That's calling. That's
0: the attitude you have to have every day in sales. Yeah.
1: So yeah. anyway. Let's change this up a bit. Let's have a little fun. I always like to know what's the funniest craziest thing that has happened to you guys thus far in your career because uh, you know, as you guys know, you know, as the owner of Diggs, I get I get the luxury and benefit of getting to know all you guys and hearing these stories, <laughs> especially, uh, you know, from West Side to 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 South Bay, and I've heard s- some doozies. <laughs> so, it's 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 a wild and crazy world of real estate, so T- tell the audience, tell me uh, some stories.
0: Uh, I got one for sure. And, and it was, actually goes back to my first house. And even to back up before that, I thought a bestseller book, hands down, would be Realtor Stories. Because there are some of the best, funniest, inspiring stories out there that we come across on a daily basis. But my Navajo place, there's a Navajo place and a Navajo street and i made an appointment i was nervous as heck didn't know where this house was i drove to it the day before saw it made sure everything was working that lockbox back then was a key so no problem i spoke with the owner she said the front door will be open come on in so i'm with my client and
1: i can see where this is going
0: yep walk right <laughs> in the house two-story house we're downstairs for 20 minutes and we go upstairs and i kind of hear the shower running and i go like Oh, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't go in there. You know, there's a shower running and she knows we're here. And, and so I, I just wanted to, you know, we're in the house now. I said um, to, you know, like, do we let them know or do we get out or what do we do? So she says, who is it? And I said, well, it's Bill Ruth. It's Bill Ruth. And she goes, who? I go, it's Bill Ruth, the realtor. Bill Ruth. And, and she goes, <laughs> Who are you? Get out of my house. I'm calling the police. And she starts screaming. I go, it's Bill Root. You know, I want to make, I, I go, well, maybe I shouldn't stop saying my name. You know, I, I'm telling her who it is. We were in the wrong house. The oh, Front door was open and we had been in there for 25 minutes while this woman's upstairs in the shower. We were on Navajo place, not Navajo street. So always know your places and your streets. Minor detail. Right? <laughs> yeah, details. And needless to say, we didn't go look at the next house. <laughs> We were done. <laughs> oh, my gosh. A rattled realtor. <laughs> it's great.
2: I, I have something similar where I was showing properties, and the listing agent said that the homeowner would be gone when we arrived. So I used my Supra to open the lockbox and went inside, and we're walking around, and we walk into the bathroom, and there's a older man getting out of the shower, blow drying his hair. In <laughs> all his oh, glory. We didn't hear it. In all his glory. Um, but yeah, he was like, oh, I thought you guys were going to be here a little bit later. It's all right. She didn't have the
3: house, though. You, you can edit mine now. My, actually, the one I was thinking that was similar to Bill's, and that was, I called this woman and I scheduled an appointment to come to preview her house. And
0: yeah, it's, it's like half an hour away from,
3: from then. So there's no question like when I was gonna be there. And I go there and I open the door, you know, knock, knock, nothing, open the door going, hi, hi. And I look around upstairs, downstairs, I go upstairs and a shower's running That about you know? <laughs> <laughs> there was weird lots of naked people. I, I, I did have another one, uh, where I for a time back in this had to be late eighties I'm guessing. I was doing a lot of bank repos. And I was the guy that went out and checked out the houses to make sure if they were still occupied because the bank had taken it back. They wanted to know what the occupancy was, what the issues were, if I could get inside of them. And I got chased off with of the gun one time. I was oh. threatening, oh. Kind of threatening oh, to kill me.
1: I'm sure it was all in good fun.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, it's a dangerous
1: business. <laughs> a dangerous. <clears throat> so i, I got to join the fun because I've, I've got... You know, in the good days, good old days when I had time, I used to go to all of our cover shoots because I love, I love the cover. I love the whole you know that whole scenario of shooting the cover and with our cover photographer. And we were in PV one time doing a cover shoot. We always do it at twilight. Mm -hmm. And we were at one of these homes up on the wall here, and it it was going to be listed at about twelve and a half million. Gorgeous estate, PVE, and our photographer. We get there and we're getting ready, and there's a gentleman in the front yard with, like, torn shorts, torn t-shirt, tennis shoes, and, you know. And our photographer thought he was, like, the landscaper. Oh, no. And was saying, hey, bring this over here, move this over there, <laughs> ordering this poor guy around. and Steel. And then he says who are you you know and he's like i'm the owner of the house and we're like oh um oops sorry for you yeah so we're like oh geez but yeah totally you never know right um you never know so getting off to the bad start with the owner let me run around here so bill is it true that you were on dancing with the stars
0: Really? Are we going to go there? <laughs> we found
1: out. Oh, gosh. Our team, our, 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 our you right. know, investigative team. Uh, I've been team.
0: outed. Um, yes, I was asked to do that for a couple of years in a row and said, no, 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 I'm not a dancer. I don't have the time. And then was taken to lunch by two very pretty girls, and they fed me a beer and made me say yes. And I did it. It was for charity, mind you, so it was a good cause, but... Um, yeah, I did it, and uh, glad it was over. But also glad I did it. I met a lot of really neat people, and it was a, a fun event.
1: That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? And Charlie, you so you were or are still a lifeguard, right? Yeah, yeah, still do that. So did you ever save anyone? Do You have any crazy like? No uh, life-threatening rescues. Never had to do uh, CPR. No but Baywatch watch moments where you you go rescue. A lot of rescues. A lot of. Yeah. <laughs>
3: first aid, so I'm I'm out of my pass out stage when I see, (laughs) like, I see plenty when I'm at work there. But yeah, it's just an enjoyable thing to do. I do master swimming five days a week, six days a week sometimes. And um, it's sort of a nice segue because a lot of the guys and girls that I swim with are lifeguards as well.
1: My youngest son is in junior lifeguards. He does that. So we're encouraging that. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great program. It's a great skill to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Looking for a personal stylist for your home? Check out Bow Concept. One of their design consultants can help you make the most out of your space. No request is too big or small for living, dining, sleeping, home office, and outdoor spaces. And check out their Southern California showrooms in Orange County and Costa Mesa and also in Los Angeles and La Brea. For more information, visit Bow Concept at bowconcept.com. Email info at bowconcept.la. So, Carissa, unfortunately, I I have no dirt on you.
0: Oh, 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 I mean, really how much you guys do, have, have. do you guys have any dirt? We got, we, we she heard, can't. Bloodshot and I still have story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we heard the okay. story about
1: last night, but we're not going to go back there. Exactly.
2: Thank you,
1: Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have nothing on. So note to self, we got to, we got to dig up some stuff on oh, Carissa. There's
2: no dirt. I'm clean <laughs> as can be. Well, All right, so I suitcase.
1: think I know the answer to this question for two of you, at least. What is your favorite city in the South Bay? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I think I know the answer. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, hands down for me, it's it's Rolling Hills. And not just because I live there, but it is a sense of, you know, when you drive in those gates, that it's, uh, you, you leave the hustle and bustle of LA behind you. And one of the, the beauties about living in the South Bay is has so much to offer, but also being here my entire life, you do feel you know, the streets that you used to run down or now there's 14 stop signs and 16 signals and, you know, crosswalks and everything else. It's just the people encompassing a lot of people in a smaller area. So when you drive in Rolling Hills and you see the large lots and the open views and the vistas, to me, it's really special. And it's just a a very calming effect to come home and realize that, you know, like, ah, you know, I've I've arrived. So I would- Are you guys on the
1: same page? Rolling Hills?
0: Totally. Yep.
1: Yeah, I no mean, doubt. Rolling Hills to me, like the first time I, I got back behind the gates, I was dumbfounded. I'm blown away. I mean, like, is this really in the South Bay? Yeah. Yeah, very like, few
0: people even in the South Bay know that it no, is. No, totally.
1: It, even yeah. out Including realtors. Side, <laughs> yeah, but like even, you know, on the west side, it's, it's still the best kept secret. Private gated community, yeah. you know, that has acreage and ocean views. It's like Carmel. Yeah, I, you know, just, and-
2: I went into Rolling Hills for the first time a year and a half ago. I had never been back there, and we started looking for property in Palos as We we were living in Redondo Beach. We had a cute little bungalow, but we knew we wanted more space because we have four kids, and so we went behind the gates to look at um, for Poppy Trail, the piece of land that we tried to buy. It didn't work out, but we drove back there and we were just dumbfounded. We could not. My husband had been there once. I had never been back there and we looked at many more properties in Palos Verdes and nothing gave us the same feel that we found in rolling Hills. And we're like, we have to be here. We'll do whatever it takes to live back here. Cause it's just, I drive behind the gate every day and I can take a deep breath. It just like life slows down.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's, it's really special.
0: I remember we moved from the beach to Palos Verdes and in the beach you know you liberally leave your door open the neighbor comes over with a bottle of wine you have a barbecue the kids are in and out there's sand all over it was really a great lifestyle and then when we moved to rolling hills i thought we had made the biggest mistakes of our lives we had no neighbors we didn't see anybody you Mm -hmm. couldn't ride your bikes i'm like oh did we did we blow it and then as the kids got a little bit older we realized that hey, we all of a sudden had the cool house where all the kids wanted to come because we have a basketball court and we have a pool and we have, you know, the big open spaces where the kids can run around and play. And it really became kind of the the mecca for all the kids to hang out. And I loved seeing my friends' kids and much more so is meeting their parents to see who they were hanging out with. And it really became an asset as they got older too. and And they still use the house today, like they did when they're younger, always having people over, and it's it's really a blessing. Or do you live behind the gates too, Tara I, I live in Rolling so, Hills. I'm, so all three of you guys. We, <laughs> I'm three houses away from where
3: I grew up, and fortunately, between the house I grew up in and the house I live in now, there's Chris and Ian and their four children, and it's it's wonderful wow. to see young families moving in and enjoying the neighborhoods like this, especially our neighborhood. Like I did when I was a kid, we had tons of kids there at the time. And it's, it's, it's really fun to see balls out in the yard and you know, jumps
2: in the grass.
3: <laughs> yeah, kids holding up
0: motorcycles on the horse trails. So just <clears> kidding, <throat> just kidding. So you, you guys,
1: I mean, that's a huge competitive advantage. I mean, I want to talk about the, the, the market, you know, the real estate market of rolling Hills in a second, but the fact that you guys live there, I mean, you know, every nook and cranny. Give us, the audience, what's three things, or as many as you can name, that people don't know about Rolling Holes, even if they think they know about it?
0: Okay, I'll tell you the first that, that we probably shouldn't be saying on a podcast. Nobody locks their doors. <laughs> well, at least you can't um,
1: get back there. So,
0: <laughs> Well, it is, I mean, absolute. Um, security is is it's it's very safe back there. There's zero crime. Now, of course, as soon as you say that, something's going to happen. But there's no crime. It's there's no traffic. There's clean air. It's Super super quiet. At night, it's dark enough where you get to see all the stars and and plenty of open space with trails. There's there's lighted tennis courts to play tennis. There's three uh, riding rings for horses, and people are just active. They're outside doing stuff all the time, and. To me, those are kind of some of the, the biggies. You guys?
3: You named 11 things. Oh, well, <laughs> he said as many as you want. He said If you got more, you can I keep can rolling. Keep going. I, I'm going to take because there's only two riding rings in the city. But.
1: <laughs> All right.
2: Where Charlie and I live in Rolling Hills, we actually have um, access to the hiking trails um, in the Nature Reserve right underneath Dulcero Park. So I think that's really special. I take my dog out there, but your dog can't be off leash over there, as I learned the hard way last week when I got a ticket.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and that's another beauty of Rolling Hills. That's another
2: thing about Rolling Hills. Yeah, your dogs yes. are off leash. No my leash dog, laws. My dog roams around. Yeah, that's
0: cool. And, the, and the result of that is that all the dogs are friendly, believe it or not. Everybody thinks that you they're know, with no with leash laws. Friendly
2: with each other. They're not so friendly with the chickens.
0: Yeah, well, that's 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 a doggy dog, <laughs> so dog we also world. I don't learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah.
1: So let's talk about the real estate. Is in my mind, Rolling Hills is still a, a crazy bargain when you compare it to homes on the West Side. We and, all agree. And and look at Manhattan Beach, like the Strand, right? If you if you took a the largest lot, if you don't have a double, is you know what, five thousand yeah. square feet, right? Yeah, <laughs> and you're going to pay today. You know, minimally three and a half, four million on the strand, five million for that lot. First, for the yeah, lot, yeah, At least probably north so of that. Like so, think about it. Yeah. So, f- five to seven, what can you get behind the gates? You can get five acres and a full blown. Well, Panoramic, ocean view, Catalina view. 5,000 like, square foot Yeah, plus. I mean, it's like, what, what's going on? Like, should we not tell everyone to keep it a secret? Or is like, what, <laughs> what? Yeah, it like... Yeah, we're kind of mixed.
3: It's nice. It, as, the, as the word gets out, we're seeing a lot of people from the beach cities coming up there. Primarily, they have kids in Chadwick or another private school. We're seeing a lot of people moving up from Hermosa and Manhattan Beach uh, that are finding out about it. Tired of fighting the parking. We have no parking restrictions in rolling hills. Typically our, our driveways leading into the houses are bigger than the lots in, in Manhattan Beach or Mosa Beach.
2: Literally.
3: It's just a great place. You know, there's no street lights. You drive in the city at night and all the cares go away. You know, you leave yeah. it all behind you.
1: It's its own incorporated city, right? With its own police said, and fire.
3: Right?
0: No and no. No. Oh no yes, no! yes, it's a it's a incorporated city, gated city, which is one of like three in America. Okay, but they share police and fire with uh, LA County.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And what what's the HOAs back there? Like, what do you if you buy? Twenty cents
3: per hundred dollars of assessed value, which equates to two thousand dollars per million dollars.
1: Two okay per million. Of assessed
3: so value. So this annually. it's inexpensive
0: annually, annually I mean, which is
1: not a lot.
3: It's like a condo association fee. Yeah. They're very inexpensive. And not
1: for all the amenities that you're getting back there. I mean, right, right. What's so?
3: Miles and miles and miles of trails that can be used for hiking, jogging, horses, not bikes for motorcycles, but uh, lots of trails. If you go back to the, the property that Carissa and Ian first came and looked at, that property is seven acres. Uh, it's a million and a half dollars. It's got two streams on it. Is it still for sale? Still oh, for man. sale. I Can I, <laughs> can I <laughs> somehow yeah, need, get it but not pay for all that <laughs>
1: it is stuff? Yeah. I would love to live behind the gates. You can That's... sell the water. <laughs> we're in a you can harvest No, we're not a drought anymore, actually. That's true. <laughs> can you guys give me a personal, like, carry, carry that thing for 50 years for Absolutely. me?
0: Absolutely. We say <laughs> yes to everything. We can. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say just back to Rolling Hills. Another really unique thing in Rolling Hills is people don't move. They, they stay in their houses, typically, until they pass away and so it's not uncommon that you can have people in their houses for 30 40 50 even 60 years yeah uh, charlie and i recently had a house where they did the new addition on the house the new addition to their house was done in 1963 (laughs) and it was like okay so as you see turnover happen in Rolling Hills, it is typically very young families with a lot of kids. So the turnover is good, and there's a an older population up there now. And each time we see these houses turn, we're seeing a younger generation come. And many times they have grown up in the city, so they understand you know all the benefits and the pluses of of living back there behind the gates.
1: So let, check this out. I got the stats. I love stats, right? I'm I'm always mm-hmm. we're crunching numbers here at Digs and looking at you know, year over year and blah, blah. This is the last 10 years in Rolling Hills. And what's crazy is, I mean, last 10 years, average number of units sold behind the gates. 24. About, about, yeah, 20-ish, right? And if you look at the average list price, sold price, I mean, it's 2, 3 million when you compare to the other cities. I mean, granted, since 2014, February, median prices are up about 31%. But still, the average sale price last year was, was about 38 and it has an asterisk because of the big one that I want to talk about the 22, but like, I mean, so it's still 3 million ish low Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's a smoking deal. I mean, that's like for it. It's
0: the the three of us often have this conversation with our clients that we feel that rolling Hills is undervalued by almost 50% for what it should be in rolling Hills and all the amenities that are offered in that city. 50% undervalued. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the max sale, you know, just it's six million, seven million, eight million, six million, six million, seven million. So those are, if you go to the west side, I mean, it, it's yeah, there's 100, 200 million dollar homes now. Their they're spec homes are not selling per se, but 30, 40 million all day long, 20 million yeah. all day long. There yeah. might be 70 listings right now. I'm just guesstimating that are over 15, 20 million on the west side,
0: right? The hard part about that stat is that like I spoke about earlier, people that are in their homes for 30, 40, 50 years, you got a one story white ranch house. So it's not worth a lot at the end of the day that somebody's been into it, especially older people that haven't maintained it to position. The new properties that are being built, are in that excess of ten, fifteen, twenty million dollar range. Mm-hmm. Now, again, those people will stay in their home probably until they pass them away. They're very specific, very custom to their own needs. Maybe one guy wants the ten car garage. Maybe another guy wants. Uh, uh, we had a guy with a telescope, his own telescope. You know, so they build them for themselves, mm-hmm. and and then when they they pass away so those some of those 6 7 8 million dollars could be lot sales that they're putting very right. expensive homes on the expensive new customs homes that they're building don't come on the market what's the biggest parcel of land that someone owns behind the gates 70 acres 70 mm-hmm. owned by Ooh. one family wow and a unique story about that is the family that owns that 70 acres bought a home a very small home at the very bottom of the uh, by the main gate and while they're gonna live in this temporary house, why they built their large home up there. Got busy with kids, had four daughters and busy with work and everything. That seventy acres still sits there. One daughter built a house up there, but it's still pretty much untouched and the mom and dad stayed in that house that they originally bought as a temporary house for that's amazing sixty if, something years. If
1: you would have asked me that question, I would have said like fifteen acres. Seventy <laughs> no, you can't
0: subdivide that or anything, right? You can't can't they You
3: can? Yeah. They did amongst them daughters, But they had, my mom was on Four. the planning commission at the time when they did the subdivision. And I don't know why they required it so big. But the, the second lot that one of the daughters has, I think is like 30 acres. I mean, it's, it's massive.
0: That's just wild. Yeah. Mind yeah. blown. You
3: can go down to two acres in the city.
0: But yeah. Two acre minimums.
3: I don't want to give the wrong idea that we strictly do rolling hills because we have listings all over Palace Paris. Uh, we've sold property in the beach cities as well, Torrance. We kind of are all over the place. It just happens to be that we live in Rolling Hills. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons we brought in Carissa is because she's sort of everything that Bill and I are not. You know, she's young, she's got young kids, she knows a whole different dynamic of, of or socialized with a different dynamic of people than we do. And primarily, the other reason is a lot of people from Palos Verdes that we run into that are downsizing are going towards the Beach Cities, and Carissa is there to fill that need. And she's based at a Beach City Brokers in Redondo Beach.
2: Yep. So I have my, my office is in the Riviera Village. I have a private office that I share with my husband. Like I said earlier, we lived in Redondo Beach, in South Redondo, for a number of years. So my older two kids are still enrolled in school there. And that's really where my sphere of influence has been the last number of years. Um, I'm on the board of directors for Sandpipers, which is a women's philanthropy group here in the South Bay. And most women in Sandpipers are based in the beach cities. So Manhattan, Hermosa, Redondo. And we heard they love
1: to drink red wine. (laughs) Sandpipers
2: (laughs) do love wine. It's just part of it. Known fact. It's a known fact. If you go on You like to give back and drink a little bit of wine while you're doing it.
1: So let's talk about the real estate market. Typically, real estate cycles last eight to ten years ish, right? Where do you guys think we are?
0: Way past that, <laughs> but also I think that we've conferred that we're in a very strong real estate market, and mostly because the economy is so strong. There's jobs out there. There's people working. There's companies investing. Consumer confidence is way up. Interest rates you know, in the media are up, but they're actually down about less than they were a year ago today, so you can get a jumbo rate still in the very low fours, and that's important in our market because the most of the loans are jumbos. We feel real bullish on the the uh, real estate market in the South Bay. And this will probably continue pretty much status quo throughout this year. The Fed came out and said that they won't be raising rates anymore this year. I mean, that gave a lot of confidence to, to buyers out there. And we're seeing prices increase a little bit, but sales down a little bit. But we're real bullish on the real estate market.
3: Yeah, I agree with Bill. Despite the news that we hear, that what we see, you know, through the multiple listing service, the sales, the listings, how long houses stay on the market, we're seeing every bit as much activity as we did a year ago or two years ago. It,
1: it's a very strong market. you guys think the South Bay has its, it's sort of its own bubble in terms of its own micro market in terms of um, mm-hmm. absolutely pricing? Not,
3: I would say not just the South Bay. I think you see a couple of bubbles. You see the beach cities just skyrocketing. Yeah. The Riviera, still. Yeah. Manhattan, Hermosa, they've all had their days in the sunshine have been somewhat endless the last uh, number of years. Palos Ruiz has been slower to, to catch up and, and take on that same activity level. But I think it's, for the most part, it's there right now. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. good, I, think, I think that bubble, cocoon, if you will, is getting stronger because all the wealth that continues to move into the South Bay. We're getting wealthier as a community in terms of just the dollars that are changing hands, the dollars that are coming in. Th- these mm-hmm. are, you know, it, it, it's it's not sort of the legacy original homeowner, you know, it's it's Wall Street and hedge fund guys uh, right. coming in and, and paying what they want to pay because that's the value that they see, you know?
3: That's a mixed bag, I think. For me personally, I, I don't like I don't know, maybe don't like is not the right thing, but but when the market is is more stagnant or even when it's down, it's an opportunity for young families and, and for, for new life to come into a community. So the high-end getting higher is not always a good thing. Yeah. it's, you know, it, it, it cuts out a large segment of the population that, it, that I think could enjoy what the South Bay has to offer.
0: I think another part of that, too, is the conservative wealth in the South Bay, that a lot of people aren't so far leveraged out that if there was a little glitch that they would lose their home or something, that they um, have money in the bank. There's money to back it up. So there's a longer staying power with yeah, them. It's a great point. Pretty unique for the South Unlike Bay. Unlike in
1: the West Side, you see a lot of leverage. I mean, a right. lot. Right. Um, I mean, well, the home prices, you have to... You know, but South Bay, the sleepy little town, is not so sleepy in terms of being on the the sort of international radar now for wealthy you know affluent you know buyers of real estate right but it it comes with the good and the bad, right, so I agree, I think the middle class in the south bay it's like is there one like how do you move up how do yeah. you if you've lived yeah. here, how do you sell yeah. and move up I make that jump. how There's do you do it
0: actually, an interesting article in l a Times a couple of weeks ago that that talked about most everybody in the South Bay could afford a Rolls Royce, but the preferred car is a suburban. You know, and I, I think yeah. that's that's true. Or you know, a golf cart. They're, they're not or a golf <laughs> cart, yeah. Or a bicycle. Right. Uh, you get there faster. But um, yeah, it is conservative wealth, I think.
1: I have just one interjection since she had a little bit of extra knowledge. Housing starts or builds or or development kind of related to your husband's background? Is there any
2: difference there or something like how
1: does your husband see from a developer builder is he seeing it still rosy like let's develop let's Um, go
2: construction costs have increased dramatically recently i mean they've really skyrocketed so i would say the cost of construction right now is actually really high just to offset the the material cost
1: what is it to build is it like 200 a square foot more way more? more like 300 five really
2: I, I would say to do a really good job you're a, a builder's gonna want 500 i mean they could probably do it for 300 but
1: wow
0: no, nothing you'd want to live be, in
2: it's, it's not the kind of construction you're gonna want for the for the south Bay. Honestly. so
1: okay so when i bought my home in 1999 i was lucky i I, yeah. I still own my home <laughs> when we were thinking about doing a new home build it was like 100 yeah maybe 130 150 so you talk about appreciation, that's way more than the home prices have appreciated. That one hundred fifty
0: like, won't get you an apartment quality construction anymore. So it's dollars we We've seen raw materials go through the roof and a lot of it has to do with the recent fires in California. So all of those houses, thousands of homes that were wiped out now Tens of thousands, yeah. All yeah, tens of thousands. They're all needing lumber, steel concrete roofs. Yeah. I mean they need everything that you we need here in the South Bay too. So not only are contractors a lot busier and a lot of them not doing remodels anymore, they're only doing new construction because of the demand for them, but the subs, everything has gone up. So the hard costs I think are in excess of $500 a foot, but your soft costs also have gone way way up as far as is the subcontractors, the fire department involvement getting involved. We've got real strict regulations with the fire department. So the housing build costs from start have gone through the roof, where it used to be cheaper to build a home in a lot of cases. Not that way anymore. Well, and then on top of that,
1: you just have probably, since those homes were built, different regulations have changed or updated. or Completely. Uh, fire codes have changed, and now we need to have defensible space or something like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep.
3: We, we had uh, a couple properties developed in Rolling Hills. They, they created two lots out of one piece of property. Compacted, rebuilt it, did everything, put the driveways up to the, the pads, sold the first one about a year later, and buyer comes to find out that the fire department regulations have changed now. The driveways have to be twenty feet wide. So it's a completely creative pad and, and things change meanwhile.
0: And the thought behind that is so two fire trucks can pass each other yeah. going up and down your own driveway on your own space. Now twenty foot wide driveway for a long period that's a lot a lot of dirt and with the turnaround at the top so they don't have to back up That they can turn around a firety truck without hmm. backing up that's it's changed design dramatically
1: let's kind of round table and you got to get to a dodger game i do
0: opening day hey, lucky dog
1: <laughs> advice for buyers today wait go I would always, always go.
0: I mean okay. there, there is always a good time to buy. We did say this Marco it has to slow down 7 years ago. And it has not. It has continued to go. If you bought seven years ago, you'd be the happiest guy in the world. I mean, I, I think, again, today, the South Bay is such a phenomenal place to live. Our weather, our activities, our outdoors, the people. I mean, it's just really, really unique. And any time is a good time to buy. You know, and, and you can't predict the market. I mean, we wouldn't be sitting here today if we could do that. But absolutely a great time to buy.
1: Is it still two, three-to-one demand side versus supply? Like the demand? Do you think there's three buyers for every listed home today? Is that like a...
0: All comes down to price. Yeah. I think everything comes down to price, but yeah, there's, there is a demand to... So for, for sellers,
1: the- it's a great time to list, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so
0: problem mm-hmm. is they don't have the up leg to buy. So right. a lot of times sellers want to put their house in the market because they can get a lot of money for it. They have no place to go. Literally, they can't find a property to buy. And so a lot of them are staying put. So what's
1: going to trip this market up?
3: Well, interest rates are trying to trip it up somewhat and I think failing. Property taxes, the changes in the tax code are trying to trip it up and that hasn't done it. But because the economy is so good, it seems like... There's really nothing that has affected it. And it's not skyrocketing. It's a fairly stable market. And I think that's good for everybody. It's good mm-hmm. for, for planning in the future. If a buyer needs to move to the area, they shouldn't fear buying. The only thing a buyer should fear, and, and ideally nobody gets in this situation, is is really it's when you sell. Because there's always the cycles, right? So you're gonna you're gonna buy. If you don't have to sell if the market's down, then you never have to lose when you buy real estate.
1: Industry has been consolidating. You guys were all aware of the compasses of the world and brokerages in the South Bay, all the consolidation here. How important is a brokerage name today versus 10 years ago?
0: Not as important. Real estate really comes down to it's a relational business. You want to work with who you like. And real estate comes down to a personal relationship with your realtor, regardless of that brokerage. I think the technology is what's changing more so than brokerages nowadays. And my mom was with Ruth Realty, a small firm, and we used to beat the big boys all day long. And I didn't think it had anything to do with that. They wanted to work with me. So it was more so the person. And 30 years ago, that was true. Today, I think it's even more true. You work with a referral. You work with a friend. You work with somebody you know and you like. If they work for ABC Realty or XYZ Realty, that's secondary. I think the support is always there. Or a top broker wouldn't be working for that firm. So the, the top brokers are with good firms and have the background and the support of their companies. But it's not the overriding factor in who you're working with.
3: Totally agree. Could Thank you. I can care less that I'm with Remax as the company. I really trust and appreciate my broker and the stability. I've been there for 25 years, give or take. But the name of the company means nothing to me. It's the people that are there and the,
1: and the support that stands behind that, that matters. Yep. Yeah. So consumers are obviously getting way more educated, sophisticated with the online and the data and everything that's available. Are they getting more difficult? I know this is a difficult question, but difficult in the sense that if you're getting a listing and they say, hey, Bill, you know, Charlie, Carissa, my home's worth, here's what my home's worth. It's worth three, seven, I'm the homeowner telling you, mm-hmm. and I and I here's my sheet. Mm-hmm. I got his estimate, and I got this, and I got that, and it's like, <laughs> is that becoming more challenging?
2: No. Yeah. Just had this happen last week.
0: Yeah, but we actually love it because it really puts our value proposition that much higher, and that's why you need a good realtor is to say combat the the Zestimate I mean, Zestimate's by their own admission are off twenty percent. Now in the South Bay, they're off a lot more than twenty percent, in higher low. Zillow has never been to your house and looked at your house, nor the neighbor's house or the proximity. Or driven down the street, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we like informed buyers. I mean, the, the more information they have, the better it is for us and our job. And it's nice to have that conversation starting at a higher level than it is from scratch and kind of educating them. Most of the buyers and sellers nowadays do know what they want to pay for a house because they've gone through the myriad of, of the, the Internet and have their own predictions of what their house should sell for. But to us, I think it's a benefit.
1: Yeah, I think that's very well stated. Because I think intrinsic value that you guys bring is this really, really, you know, in depth market knowledge, algorithms are tough to capture that knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, at the street level, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, you know what I mean? So I think that you guys are becoming more valuable with the technology, you I, know, it's sort of counterintuitive, but
0: even for so is from Palos Verdes to the beach cities is Carissa's strength in the beef cities. And it's been such a nice one, two punch because we get the hill. Carissa gets the beach cities, and, and they're different. And we could easily do it, but you know, if somebody's asking about an elementary school or a specific thing here or there or something, she's going to know in the beach cities. We're going to know in the hill. And because we have clients going back and forth so often, it's really been a nice the, Segway. segue. Segue, okay? The right? She said segue, so I'm going with that. It's <laughs> a great word, segue. Word. Speaking yes. of
1: segue, let's segue. Yes, segue. <laughs> let's segue into Dodger some game. closing thoughts. Oh. We got to get Bill to a, that Dodger game let's have a little fun let's go i'm going to just round robin but i want to stay with you charlie first sure what's your favorite thing to cook oh
0: yes ricotta relleno that wow.
1: sounds amazing yeah, what is it it's <laughs>
3: inspired, and i make it way better than they do I'm just gonna wow
1: what's in that dish
3: uh, I put dried cherries in everything in I cook. In
2: everything
1: we <laughs> cook, that's that's your dried secret cherries. ingredient, huh? Every lasagna,
2: lasagna meatloaf, beer, chili, Everything mm. has dried cherries. Stuffed bell peppers. That's, yeah, that's, that's
0: funny.
1: funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite movie,
3: Charlie.
1: The K Shack. Ooh, a good one. An oldie but goodie. Yeah. 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 Um, favorite vacation spot.
3: Probably
0: Bali.
1: Surf body surf nice yes. good waves
2: Very
0: good. yeah
1: Heck yeah carissa favorite movie
2: that's a tough one i like harold and maude is actually one of my favorites <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i want to admit it out loud i like
1: quirky <laughs> weird movies <laughs> what's your favorite thing to cook
3: What's your favorite thing
2: to reheat? <laughs> oh, yeah. What's your I favorite thing to, to put in, in the microwave? For year, Reservations. <laughs> so um, I don't even know what I cook oatmeal currently. <laughs>
0: Lucky husband. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bill, what's
1: your favorite baseball team? Just kidding. Okay, we know that one. <laughs> Player? What, what's your favorite thing to cook?
0: My Favorite thing to cook, we got a pizza oven recently, and Ooh, so yeah. we've been doing pizzas every I night love it. by the butt dough from uh, Trader Joe's and throwing just about everything in the world on top of that dough. And it's it always tastes good, it's I awesome. It.
1: I love pizza, <laughs> yeah. Favorite movie, Airplane, Airplane, All yeah, right, yeah. So you right guys, up with Caddyshack. since you soon she said that, yeah. ones. So I didn't want to
0: say the hangover, <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So, final, final, final thought. Tell the audience, Charlie, one thing about you that they would be super surprised to know or hear about you.
3: I competed in Masters Swimming. Whoa. <laughs> I don't
1: know.
0: Okay. What,
3: what, what is that? Masters It's swim? old people swimming. You have to be at least 19, and I more than qualify for that.
0: But he also but, gets up at 4, four a.m. Yeah, every day yeah, to I start swim. Swimming at 5 o'clock, wow. five days a week. He's not a. not a real fun guy at happy hour. Yeah, he has to go to bed. <laughs> so I crash early. All right. Yeah, I, I've
3: competed for years and years. I mean, same masters team for 25 years
1: now. Very cool. Yeah. Carissa.
2: Something unique. Yes.
1: Be shocked, not shocked, surprised. I, I think
2: people are always surprised that I have four kids. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's a lot, so I guess that's why. But yeah. <laughs> They're great
3: kids. So
0: Keeps you busy.
2: Ages. Two, four,
0: nine, and eleven. Wow, you're busy. Busy. It's yeah. radio, so you can't tell that she's looks like a 16 year old with blonde hair. <laughs> thank you. I'll take it. A smart well, one. The hurtful <laughs> part is she has hair. That was
3: Bill, Bill and I are... that was a compliment, by the way. <laughs> so <laughs> huge compliment. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah, it's, you're up. Okay. You're all right. Some of the people that know that I I raced a Catalina on water ski over and back in less than an hour. Whoa, Dope. that's crazy. rare so and cool weird. <laughs> Did you see
1: anything, any, any
0: shark fins? Anything? Oh yeah, we in- should see it all. Whales, right. dolphins, pods, going through pods of hundreds of dolphins. And they hear the boat, so they move out of the boat, but you're 250 feet behind the boat and they don't hear you. So dolphins are going right in front of you, literally have jumped dolphins.
1: So would, an hour there and back, or is that what you said?
0: There and back in an hour.
1: Oh my God. Under an
0: hour. That's crazy. And that's minutes. hard on your arms too. Like kinda like a motorcycle, right? It's, it's hard on like, every yeah, yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it. it's not a real smart sport. <laughs> I'll admit it. It's
1: like being in <laughs> the blender for an hour, right?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so I want to thank Ruth and Rain, Bill Ruth, Carissa Wright, and Charlie Rain for coming to the Diggs Influencer podcast. I think we we all learned something about you and we had some fun. So, Bill, get to that Dodger game, and you guys get back to work.
0: Thanks, Warren. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, great, great.
1: great. Awesome. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you found some value. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review. Find us on iTunes and your favorite podcast provider. Until next time.